Welcome to another episode of Songmas. My name is Richard Villegas. And uh, as always, I am joined today by some very, very special guests. And uh, we're introing with this little cumbia medley by Selena from the motion picture, Selena. Um, so uh, I'm not quite sure what you guys are going to hear just yet. So because a lot of that decision making is going to happen in post. Uh, but uh, enjoy. And we will be right back with our very, very special guests. Y 
And we're back. <laughs> and uh, today I am joined, we're doing another really exciting podcasting crossover, and I'm being joined by the boys from Grizzly Kiki. How you guys doing? We're good. Um, so, uh, for the, uh, let's say listeners out there who may not be as familiar with, uh, Grizzly Kiki, um, you know, we have Robert and we have Daniel yes. and, um, so yeah, introduce yourselves and, uh, a little bit about what Grizzly Kiki is about. And then we'll talk a little bit more about you guys on this musica. All right. Well, I'm Daniel, like waving to nobody. <laughs> uh, I'm Daniel. <laughs> And I'm Robert. <laughs> and so, uh, as you said, we run the Grizzly Kiki podcast, which we've been doing for a little over four years now. Uh-huh. Um, and what we do is interview uh, drag artists and queer artists kind of across the, the spectrum of, uh, of artistic expression at this point. It's, be, it's, it's really uh, widened its focus over yeah. the past few years. Yes. Um, and we, we also do uh, what we call like current events episodes, which um, focus on... Queer topics, topics that interest us, uh, storytelling that we started doing recently based on different themes that we choose. Uh, and, and so it's kind of just uh, sharing stories is really what we what we do. Yeah. Um, essentially. And we also recap episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race, both the regular season. I almost just, just did the robot voice there. I was almost like, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's very... <laughs> That's very appropriate, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and and I mean, like, I, you know, I I uh, I've I kind of just like maybe rushed into this intro, but like, I you know, I, I we've known each other for quite some time, quite now. quite a few years now. You know, mm-hmm. we we met in like the New York club scene. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mutual friends. Although you guys, you know, knew like many of these players much much longer than I do, um, or did at that point. Um, you know, so let's you know, we're gonna be talking a little bit about that, a little bit about your backgrounds a little bit about you know the podcast itself grizzly mm-hmm. kiki what motivated it what it is what drives it um and of course we're gonna that's all gonna be sort of contextualized by your um i'm really excited for, <laughs> for this playlist i'm like <laughs> it's 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 very unusual like the playlists that have that have come up while i've been in new york so i'm like really excited um so before we go into all that i want to talk a little bit about this cumbia medley that we just heard <laughs> um robert i believe this is your choice and it was very very important. Yes. <laughs> it was very. You were like, "This is it's very important." Fault. So one of the themes uh, of the songs, ba- like based on the songs I chose for the playlist, um, is my exploration of my Latinidad through, like, as an I, as an adult now, I'm sort of looking at my Latinidad with a um, the magnifying lens because I didn't really understand my culture as a child. I still don't really understand my culture as an adult, but I have all these experiences from when I was a child that shaped what I see as my Latinidad. And one of the big experiences was seeing the movie Selena. And um, I actually was on punishment when the movie came out, and I probably was not going to get to go see the movie, but my entire family wanted to go. And so they lifted my punishment to let me go to the movies. Oh, you got a day pass. Yes, I got a day pass to go see Selena, and I, I was I was not familiar with Selena's music when I saw the movie, but I completely fell in love with her music 
through the lens of this Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx. <laughs> you might know her as JLo. Um, and, uh, you know, Selena became like my, well, S- Selena through the lens of Jennifer Lopez right. became my obsession as a child. I even, I had very few posters on the wall in my bedroom. And one of them was the poster of the Selena movie with the movie tickets from when we went to see it, like taped to it. Work. So it was just like, it was such an important moment to me. And as an adult, if you've listened to Grizzly Key, you know that whenever the Selena movie is on, I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be there watching until she sings Dreaming of You. Then I can turn it off because I want to live in a I want to live in a world where she got the, you know, she got the blood transfusion right. and she's still living with us. Like where she got know, the winners so, at it. Yes. <laughs> That's really the winners at it. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> Yes, uh, I, I, you know, this is, this is, I mean, this is something that has actually come, come up on, on song mess before when I've interviewed, like, for example, like our, our crossover episode with, uh, the Colores radio, we talked about them because like, uh, Rafa, for example, who's one of the, the co-hosts, he, uh, actually was in the Selena film. Um, really? yeah. And he, he played little AB. Oh, <gasps> uh-huh. really? Oh. Yeah. And so, uh, sorry if I just spilled your tea, Rafa. Um, but, um, yeah. And, but, but again, like, you know, Selena is, is, um, is, has had this, I don't even want to say a resurgence, but like, it's this moment now where like, if you say like Latino, like people are like Selena. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and so I, you know, I, as a longtime listener of the show, you know, Daniel, you've always been very open, uh, about your, you know, being raised as Puerto Rican. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you are Puerto Rican, but like your, your, your well, but yeah, but upbringing was very Latino. Yeah. yeah, it was. And it's, um, it's kind of, and, and you've also probably heard that I have issues with certain, Identifiers, mm-hmm. I guess you know where. Like, I consider myself to be Hispanic because I have issues with claiming to be like Puerto Rican, even though I wasn't raised there. Like, right. I just I'm I'm very, and, and I've gotten a lot of like uh, flack from people in my personal life about it. Not like my family, but just in general, where I'm like, I was not raised there. I was raised in New York mm-hmm. as a person who happened to be Puerto Rican, right. you know, and and also like. Even like New Yorkian to me is a completely different thing. Totally, you know. So I just was kind of raised with like island values, but <laughs> in the Bronx of Manhattan. So yeah, so yeah, it was always very present, but it wasn't um, necessarily like you are Puerto Rican. It was just like this is just our culture, exactly. It, you it's know, just so it way was of life. Like, yeah, exactly for me. That's how it was. Yeah, and then and then taking that like again as a longtime listener of the show, I know that like you know you're Chileno, um, yes, or of Chilean descent, but like it, it you, you know it's this weird thing where like obviously like you're very like white looking, yep. you know, and <laughs> you know and Chileans are really weird and having having lived there, you know, like they're not not they don't necessarily exude this sort of like Latin American warmth that we're used to. It's a very right. different sort of like identity and self sense of self. And so I've noticed sort of like an increase in like you guys speaking in Spanish on the show, trying to include more like not 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 brown per se, because like you've always had a very diverse sort of like, mm-hmm. you know, roster of guests. But like you're definitely sort of focusing focusing on on a lot more Latinx content. Yes. And so I wanted to see um, what your, you know, your thought process there was, Robert, because I know that this is something that you've like sort of like talked about, like, oh, you know, I'm like white passing or white privilege or what have you yeah. versus like your identity and how you sort of like correlate all those things. So specifically with, so as it relates to the podcast, for me, drag is something that I never really saw 
um, existing, even though it has a rich history in um, like in in certain Latin Latinx communities. Right. Me, I never saw it through that lens, and so to me, I think the catalyst to kind of dig in and see why I feel the way I feel about like my Latinidad, the way that like I was sort of not explained what my culture was and why we didn't really celebrate. I mean, there were opportunities to celebrate my culture, but we just didn't actually participate in any of them. Um, The catalyst there was actually the switch when they started airing the switch in Chile. And I was like, Oh, this doesn't feel like it should make sense but I want to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is when I started to dig in deeper and sort of understand it. I've also always lived with this idea that if I lose my, um, if my, I lose my grasp of the Spanish language, I will lose all grasp of my heritage. Mm. And so that scares me pretty much every day. Yeah. Um, but that might be part of where that comes from. Well, and I think we're living in a really special uh, moment, at least like, you know, for you guys still living in the U.S., like where Latino or Latinx, I kind of use them interchangeably. It's mm-hmm. fine. You know, uh, visibility is kind of like exploding. Yeah into the mainstream and and not just in like the Latin wave that always like that oh my God, the Latin wave every 10 years shout out Ricky Martin and Shakira in the 90s <laughs> um, but like you know but it's this moment where like you know this the the this sort of like Anglo gaze is coming on to us and like you know we're like yeah. la- there's plenty of Latino stars who are just making like mm-hmm. regular music and like oh. we're just regular musicians and you right. should be looking at our output not at our skin or like my birth certificate you know mm-hmm. what I mean right. um, and so like that's really really exciting and even now like more than ever there's a lot of validation towards projects uh, coming from from Latin America which is which is really exciting so it's it, we're living in a time where like it's a, it's it's not just okay, but it's encouraged that you ask these questions about identity and sort of like navigate them. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, so we got a whole lot of of shit ahead, guys. Like, we we don't want to get too deep on the first one. Also, there's pernil in the oven, and I'm really trying to get to that (laughs) shit as soon as possible. And she's just crispy. Um, so up next, we're gonna just uh, we're gonna jump into the next track, and uh, you know we talked about Selena, and what better way to transition right. than into J Lo? Um, <laughs> uh, you brought in this song called Tens that yes. you said was off her last album, yes. right? Um, please tell us about the song. So okay, I um, I happen to really love J Lo uh-huh. like a lot more more than I think I understand uh-huh. at times. Um, and as a Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx who actually grew up three houses down from JLo, I realized, Stop it. M- oh yes, much later in life, I realized that her family home was like three houses down from the block I grew up on in Castle Hill. Can we at least know the neighborhood? Castle Hill. Oh, okay. Yes, it's not, it's not, it's not the South Bronx. It's not Jenny from the block, girl. Uh-huh. It is like, it's a very white Bronx neighborhood that she grew up in. I mean, in. it's and still so, Bronx. You still get to claim it, it. Absolutely. I know. But that was the thing when, like, those of us who grew up in that area would be like, well, jail is not really from, like, the South Bronx. Because there's a huge difference. Right. But anyway, um, I just also admire her as, like, one of the more, like, contemporary Puerto Rican artists, mm-hmm. and particularly women, that's just very present and has been so present for a very long time and has kind of gone through all these different incarnations in a way, you know, like from um, from In Living Color as like a fly girl to, you know, acting and music and doing all these things. And like, she's not like the best at everything. Like okay. she's, she's not a phenom, mm. but she's present. 
And I think that that's very important. And she's good at almost everything that she does. Yeah. So when Robert and I were, were talking about this, I was like, geez, I don't really listen to like a lot of like Latin music or anything like that. But then I realized that I, I kind of have right. over the years. And I was like, well, this one, because I was like, you know, it makes sense to me. And it's also a song that I think is quite obscure, even though it's quite recent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she borrows from, like, voguing culture. and I mean, it's a voguing track. Okay. But a video was never made for it. It's also like, oh, so you're ethnic for this. <laughs> and that is something that, you know, like, J-Lo has played a white woman. She's played Italian. She's played a number of things. Ooh, that's right. She played yeah. a Mexican. Or not a Mexican. She played a Tejana. And then... But, you know, barely ever is she, like, Puerto Rican. And so I feel like on this song, she did kind of tap into that. I mean, as well as appropriating, like, black culture, too. So, anyway, that's just something that I that I thought of when picking this song in particular. Um, and, again, also because it's very recent, but has not gotten, I guess, like, the exposure that I think it should have. Right. So yeah, It's a bonus track. It's a bonus that's track. That's part of the reason it's not. But it's, like, the best yeah. song on the whole album. Well, I feel like this, this idea of shifting identity is going to come up more than once, and not just because we're probably going to talk <laughs> about drag. Um, so we're just going to play this track now. This is J-Lo. The track is called Tens, and we will be right back with more Grizzly Kiki. When you're voguing femme, femme, femme Just to get those sense, sense, sense You're the creme de la creme, creme, creme I want you to stop So where? Well. Clap, bitches, clap Clap, bitches, clap Snap, bitches, snap Snap I'm calling out legends, stations, and stars I wanna see legends, stations, and stars Hit the floor, girl Stars in the sequence of the legends called Jack's turning his to all-out war here I come. Everybody wanna be a superstar riding around in a rental car. I wanna see runway. I wanna see old way. I wanna see new way. I wanna see you play. Eating the runway, serving the runway, marching the runway, eat that runway. Eating the runway, serving the runway, marching the runway, eat that runway. Walk. Give me a hug, leave it out on the floor. The icon, Jennifer. Tens, 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 tens. Half of us came off the 
bitch Cause here I come, can I see? Walk for me, twirl for me, serve for me Lamvong, Ebony, Icon, Infinity, Kong Chanel, Balenciaga, Prodigy, Ninja, La Beja, Milan, Omni, Mizrahi, Extravaganza, Garçon, Mugler Look at me, look at me, look at me, bitch Look at me, look at me, look at me, bitch M to the I to the motherfucking Z You can't help but look at me The elements, elements, the elements, elements The elements, elements, all five elements Look at me, look at me, look at me, bitch Look at me, look at me, look at me, bitch M to the I to the motherfucking Z You can't help but look at me Five Four Three Two One Category close. <laughs> I turned it, right?
Alrighty, and the second track we just heard there was Fashion. Wait, no, that's a different intonation, but uh, it's by David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Fashion. Wait, no, because that's the Lady Gaga. Yeah. That's the Lady Gaga chorus. Yeah. God damn it. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I think it's so interesting because, like, you know, I was I, at one point, I, I, I almost interrupted you when you were talking about JLo to be like, you know, like what you were describing about her, like how she's maybe not the best at everything, but she's pretty good at everything that she does. Absolutely. And uh, at least she's like, can meet the bar. Yeah. And I was like oh this kind of gives me a madonna like it's Mm -hmm. a madonna comparison would not be completely out of place here and then bowie shows up in this playlist uh which thank you for bringing that i've i've is one of my icons i mean i have a tattoo dedicated to him that's what made me Um, think about it yeah and (laughs) that's oh oh, Uh uh-huh yeah god Um, (laughs) but um and yeah and again speaking of somebody that can wear many skins Mm -hmm. um bowie feels appropriate here um i know that your mom raised you on a lot of like classic rock icons so i am curious about your relationship to bowie well david bowie was like the one like Uh it was it was the 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 sex symbol in our house it was you know like um yeah i know i both ooh and uh i did not but my (laughs) and my mother like for all intents and purposes to me growing up was a drag queen it was nails and fashions and her hair was done and makeup was you know like it was all done but yet it was quite uh beige okay if that makes sense like she loved beige Beige, and occasionally colors would come in but then the music choices were quite kind of like off the wall work you know like she would go to concerts uh when she was like in her 20s and and as a teenager like in in disco wear but i didn't get to experience her that way obviously and so getting to grow up with with this music, which didn't match the person that I was like being raised by visually was always very interesting to me because she understood it. And it was just like, like my my mother and I've, I've said this on, on the podcast several times. It was like, here, you need to listen to this. You need to read this. Like this is important, you know? And a lot of it was very queer, oddly enough. Um, even though I never really got to, uh, come out of the closet to her before she passed away, but she left me with, David Bowie. Yeah, and you've always shared that you always felt that she knew and that that's oh, why yeah. she was doing all this. Yeah. yeah. And it was just kind of like, here's all this stuff. Feel comfortable. Uh, we only listened to David Bowie on vinyl because she was very picky about those Same. things. Uh, we had the, you know, the diamond dogs album cover <gasps> with, amazing. you know, like him illustrated. And I love, you know, the, the, the kind of like saucy part for me was that like he was completely anatomically correct Mm -hmm. as a dog with David Bowie's head on it, you know? And, and it was just something that like this transformation, like you were saying, and this like wearing of many skins, it's that he was again, just a different person on every album. And the album that this is from, I really enjoy because it's kind of fuzzy. Like the album art is very fuzzy. He's in drag for the music video for this. Um, And it was just something that, like, I always wanted to, like, dress up. And now, like, I'm doing drag occasionally. And so I would, like, make dresses out of sheets and, like, tie them up and all that stuff and, like, put this on and, like, you know, sachet to it, if Work. you would. So um, it also has an incredible, like, beat to it. Yeah. And it's just very um, solid to me. So that's, And it's very unorthodox. It sounds it is. different. It sounds it, very it's different. It's different from anything he ever yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and that's why I like it so much. So that's why I, 
That's amazing. I picked it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you. And and uh, let's carry on with this idea of transformation. Mm-hmm. I mean, and there is there are fewer transformations as big as drag, mm-hmm. which is really what you guys document um, on a weekly basis on Grizzly Kiki. So uh, you know, either of you can take the lead on this, but like let's let's uh, go a little bit deeper into what Grizzly Kiki is and what it is that you do, um, specifically like with this these sort of oral histories mm-hmm. of of drag culture. On a pretty international level, I I would say. Yeah. Um, well, so the biggest thing for us when we f- were starting out is how, um, at the time, most queens were lip syncing, and so you never actually heard their voice. Right. That was the big thing for oh. us. Yeah. And so we wanted to hand the microphone over to this person who was your entertainer every night. You know, at, sometimes after work, if you were stopping by a bar t- for a cocktail, you would at some point, like if you stayed late enough, you'd end up watching a drag mm-hmm. show. Or if you were just meeting friends for drinks, you would end up, you know, like you would end up falling in love with this person that you didn't know anything about. Yeah. And so our whole thing was let's hand them a mic and see what their story is. And, you know, we've, we found that you know the, the what's uh, what's most interesting for me is usually like what creates the drag character right, like yeah. what elements put them together essentially so like the you know like that um that maybe traumatic thing mm-hmm. that like led to you needing an outlet or like your inspirations uh-huh. from like TV and movies or whatever Absolutely. right um i am curious cuz like obviously like you know it's like if somebody asked me what's your favorite band mm-hmm. i'd be like oh girl how much time you got <laughs> uh, you know, but with, you know, and so with you guys, I feel like it's the same, you know, obviously like we've known each other for many years. And again, I've also have like a nightlife context. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, it's like, who's your favorite drag queen and expect a, a drag race answer. Right. But I am curious, like, what are some queens that like, again, you know, we, we have a pretty queer audience, which I'm very thankful for. Shout out to all of y'all. Um, but, um, you know, let's, let's, uh, maybe like give like a couple of examples of some of your faves, some of your, like, you know, some Queens that you think are like maybe most compelling and like how they perform mm-hmm. or like visually or, you know, like, I mean, I, obviously like Robert, you and Thorgy go back, Thorgy Thor, uh, for, you know, from drag race, uh, now <laughs> yes. from drag race back in the day from purchase university. Yes. Um, <laughs> but you, you all go back super, super long. And, and yes. to this day, I maintain that Thorgy is my favorite queen. Yes, uh, me too. Not just from the show, like just like her humor, you know, hits very close to mine. Mm-hmm. That's that, you know, Thorgy's drag is the drag that I look at as what drag is essentially. Right. Um, for a very long time, it was divine. And then Thorgy and I became, well, it's not that we became roommates. That's not where we started out. But right. like before we became roommates, you know, I got to see this stranger, you know, he, it was as if he like, he came to town, put on a fucking dress and then performed for us. And we all just like fell in love. That was essentially how it happened at purchase. Like Thorgy transferred in and won the drag competition that year. And that was basically it. Um, and so I've been scary circus that comes to town and steals the children. That's exactly it. And I'm still that scary. Um, but Yes. Um, so yeah, he's my, you know, he is my favorite drag queen, I guess, but, um, I do have other faves. Um, trying to think outside of the drag race box is a little difficult because everybody's on there these days. Um, but, um, I love La Botota from Chile for, if we're going to try and like bring it back to the switch a little bit, she is very problematic, but extremely, she's extremely problematic. There is regular blackface in her performances, which I do not 
approve of at all. Um, but I think that there is something to be said for the the, sa- the size of the crowds that come to her show. It mm. is... It I've is, been there. They're massive. Yeah. And they're rowdy. Yes, exactly. Um, and... Um, we just saw Margaretilla mm-hmm. in uh, in the video for um, for uh, Sailor, Fag. Sailor Fag's yeah. uh, song. Um, is it hard to get his name out? Is it like, no? Is it I just needed a second. <laughs> no, because like I feel like a, a lot of people have difficulty. Like they're like Sailor, you, you know, you know him. Oh no, and I Sailor. Totally, <laughs> I will say Fag all the time. It's okay. just uh, Sailor. I want to say Moon right after. So, oh. You know. <laughs> And I'm sure he wants to as well. Right. Um, what, what about you, Daniel? Like, do you have any, any girls that like come to mind? Like, yeah, like some immediately it's Coco Peru. And I, huh. I don't, it, it, and, and because I always take the question as, okay, so I only want to give like, what was I going to say? The answer that is somebody that we've actually interacted with, because otherwise I think it's just like hollow. Mm-hmm. You know, if you haven't met the person and interacted with them yeah. and Coco Peru is also from the Bronx. Uh, is she really? Yeah, she is. She's from City Island, which a lot of people don't know is, is still the Bronx. Is still the Bronx. Yeah. And all good Puerto Ricans on Sunday go to the restaurant at the end of the island yeah, yeah, to have yeah, fried uh-huh. food. Yes, because and I've never been there, but I've heard it's incredible. It is really fucking good. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. you want to skip all the fancy ones, and there's one of two. It's like a sea, it's like a seafood place. Yeah, right? it's yeah. all it's all deep fried seafood, oh. and you want to make sure you eat very quickly if you're eating outside because the oh. seagulls will steal it. I fucks yep. with her. It's so fucking good, but do not go on a Sunday. Okay. Or I mean, if you want to actually eat. Like is anything, it, is because it the after church crowd. I don't know what it is. It's just it's all the Puerto Ricans in New York go there on a Sunday, because <laughs> we would always go on a or Sunday. Or Don Coqui in in Astoria. Nope, we ah! don't talk about that place. No, <laughs> no, 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 ma'am. <laughs> I don't fucks with her. With Don Coqui? No, 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 no. Do no, fights no. break out or some shit? No, I just it's not it's not real. It's awful. Oh, the food's oh, terrible. Oh, anyway, fine. I just, mm. there's too much gel in the hair. I just can't handle it. Um, No, but Coco Peru to me was just, she has not changed her accent as Bronx as it is. She grew up in a fucking pink house, like things like that. And, and, and her ability to relay a story that can be the most mundane thing in the world but make you feel like you're being told yeah. the most important and valuable thing in the world is something that I've always really enjoyed about her. And then getting to interview her was just like a, uh, I, I didn't know how much I would fall in love with her until we did the interview. Yeah. And then seeing her, her live act, uh, I believe it was last year was just riveting because there's just so much heart and soul in the way she tells <clears throat> her stories. And so that when people ever ask me, you know, what, what should I listen to if I'm, you know, haven't listened to your pockets, I'm like Coco Peru, just cause it's, it's storytelling at its best, Yeah, you know? And, um, I mean, you know, with her go hand in hand, like Jory Arias and, and Jackie Bead and Lady Bunny the and Jory Arias episode is absolutely, one we of were my actually favorites. talking about this the I've other day, back. how much, cause she took over. Yeah. It was just yeah. it was it was her being kooky and I don't think that mm-hmm. we could have done that interview if we did it in person because I would have been so distracted mm. by her. So I loved having it be the vocal and and what Robert was saying earlier our, our whole goal was to kind of remove the visual element from drag. Yeah. Right. And bring oh, wow. and bring right. this uh, more auditory sensation, you know? Can that, the character stand on its own? Exactly. Yeah. And and in many cases we get the character. In some cases we get the the like 
child yeah. that, yeah. you know, yeah. was there. And so with Coco Peru, we got all of that. And, and that's what I like. That's the one that stands out to me the most. Um, I also love that she's very bothered by things like Panettone. Cause like I, you know, <laughs> like the woman in the laundry room in our apartment building, who's wearing a puffer jacket that bothered me. And so, yes. So Coco Peru stands out for me. And of course, you know, like, Alaska is one that, Work. you know, because again, she oh, just, yeah. she does everything so well. Yeah. And she loves the art form. Yeah. And so that, I, I mean, it's, it's two very like, you know, opposing, like just opposite sides of the spectrum, I think in terms of drag, but yeah, yeah Coco Peru kind of be it. At, awesome. At the moment, I guess. I mean. Well, I want to transition uh, to one of my favorite drag queens um, and her name is Thalia. And, <laughs> <laughs> Miss Kuchan, Mayoyan. Um, and because the segment is running a little long, we're just going to play the song. And when we come back, we're going to talk about why I'm surprised about some of these music choices that I thought were coming from other areas. Um, so we're going to listen to Talia. The song is Reencarnacion. And we'll, we'll be right back with more Grizzly Kiki.
Señoras y señores, latinos del mundo, ya tú
and the cookie shaka bo, la fiesta moda empezó. Y en dijo que se acabó la fiesta ahora empezó Fuego, fuego, ya vengan los bomberos Fuego, fuego, ya vengan los bomberos Sigue así con el general Ponen a todo el mundo a gozar Esta fiesta no se puede acabar Porque ahora empezó de verdad Fuego, fuego, ya vengan los bomberos Fuego, fuego, ya vengan los bomberos Este calor no se puede saciar Si no mami tienes que bailar Es lo único que puede parar Los bomberos no te pueden ayudar El general no te puede ayudar Sigue así, no te puede ayudar Sorry. Oh, uh, Robert, you just <laughs> like, I mean, I'm living, but also you just put us through a journey. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we, we're going to unpack the second song in a minute, but I want to talk about Thalia and Reencarnacion because you were talking about how before, before we even started recording, they're like, no, we need to have this Thalia song. That's like really important. It is really important. Yeah. So uh, tell us what does this, why, why this song, what does it mean to you? So when I was a teenager and I was coming to terms with being gay, mm-hmm. um, I started going to a support group for gay youth. And um, one of the older kids that was there was really into, he was really into Madonna, which is like obvious. 
Same. But, but then so um, he had a laptop. I mean, this was like this was like back in the day when like having a laptop was like for rich people only. Yeah. Um, and so this kid had a laptop, and he had the video for Reencarnacion on his laptop, and it just like. To him, it was like the um, the epitome of like fashions and beauty and like all of this stuff, and so and even to watch it today and it's very dated. However, I listen. I love Talia. If you're listening, I love you. Um, but um, <laughs> so just I just remember being introduced to her through this music video, yeah. and it just like Talia has brought so much joy to my life. Um, not just today through her Instagram stories, which are genius. If you are so not good. following Thalia on Instagram, so much what are you doing? Um, like her breakfast has a jingle. Like yes. every single, and, and it's always different. Yes. It's just like, mm, hoy vamos a comer naranjas. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, what the fuck is happening? You, you have breakfast with her. Sometimes, sometimes before breakfast, you wake up with her in whatever bed she's in. <laughs> yeah. um, you then have breakfast with her. You follow her to the gym, uh-huh. maybe, maybe even mm-hmm. to the grocery store. Yep. Um, you see like posts from her fans that she's tagged in. Like, I love that she does that. Um, but, um, I had never, I had never, um, aside from hearing that she was in one of the novelas that my mother was watching, I did not know about Talia until I heard the song Reencarnacion. Really? And now, like nowadays, the music video, which was my, like, was the way that I fell in love with Talia, it's really hard to find. Yeah. You have to like scour the internet there's for only, it. There's only, there's the version that has German... Subtitles, right? On it. Is it like, like on Daily Motion or something? No, like it's that? on YouTube. I nope, think it's not on YouTube. Where did we it find it? It does not exist on YouTube for some reason. We found it. I, it was either Daily Motion or Vimeo. One yeah. of the two has it. But there's only one yeah. version, and it's translated in German for right. whatever reason on yeah. the bottom, and it's super great. And so, part of what was beautiful about that song is that she talks about like how lo- how. Um, you're still in love with the same person, but you've been reincarnated into different bodies. And then part of it is that at one point in history, they were reincarnated to be same-sex lovers. And so that was just such a big moment for me, even though on the exact same album, Arrasando, she says... um, She talks about, si es guapo, pues es gay. And it's like, okay. Um, But it was like, for some reason, the fact that she was talking about uh, she was this pop star that was talking about being gay to me. It just meant so much to me. And then shout out to my friend BG for taking my love of Thalia and like throwing it like far into the universe. We started like, you know, watching other music videos of hers, but you know, that was the beginning. <laughs> I thought you were going to quote her singing. Cause who can baja que no se que pasa, you know? Oh my no, God. Yeah. I love no. So I will never pretend. I always, I, I will, I will get in the shower and press play on Arrasando and then pretend like I know the words, but I never, I always trip up at some point and Isn't it hurts that, my soul. I love that that's the music video where her heel is like the, um, the, the needle, the needle on the record, on the player. record yeah. player. Oh yeah. Yep. In that, yep. in uh-huh. that, in that supremely nineties pointy toed boot. It's so chic, like, uh, yep. It's I, amazing. So I was in Mexico city like a few weeks ago with some friends. So apparently the day to go do karaoke is on Fridays because oh. that's when like all the business people come out and they're like, you know, they loosen their ties oh and then they sing God. the most garbagiest pop ever. And we were there like just talk. I was with, there with some friends and they started singing somebody started singing Arrasando. Uh huh. And it's like they didn't know the words. 
Oh, no. In the wordiest the song. song in history. Yeah. That's was, not the song, girl. So funny. Because yeah. they were like, you know, arrasando con la... Um. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the chorus is the easy part. It's, yeah. the, it's the verses that it was will really trip funny. you up. So now we're going to cut to the second song, which is the hard gag here, because it's a, it's a CNC Music Factory song uh, with El General, and it's uh, the Boricua Anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song was not chosen by Danny. Nope. Nope. Um, that was me. So... Uh, what's tea, Robert? What the hell is this? Why? So this is incredible. Um, so when I was younger, we would have all of these. We would have really. Um, we had, we we had a DJ and that you know married into our family, and so we were lucky mm. that he would DJ all of the events, like all of the family gatherings growing up. Okay. And this particular song was the one that was played ev- at every family gathering, and it's interesting because like my um, one of my aunts married a Peruvian man, and so there were songs, there were like cuecas or something that came from that uh-huh. or they were like there were other things that were like I guess like the, the, the best way to uh, to describe it is like culturally uh, like appropriate <laughs> um, to like what we were doing like who was there sure um, and so we have this other this one other song that like all of the young people in our family like fell in love with and that was the you know it was basically like it was the Boricua Anthem and then it was um, If I Were a Rich Girl by Michi Wan and Luchi Lu. It was like really weird. It was a really weird combination of oh, songs that were played. Oh, not the Gwen Stefani one? No. <laughs> ew, no. I love, ew, I love ew. that one. I love um, that one. Don't ew. Have you heard the, the music original video where, version? They're pirates? That From was brilliant. I mean, it's, they're all, they're From obviously Fiddler all. on the Roof? No. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, that was my reference. I'm she play said, it for "Well, you. that's the original." Not, not that one. I'm sorry. I always forget that it comes from that. But anyway, <laughs> it's it's a much better. The original reggae version is much better than what people know as the Gwen Stefani version. And then Eve comes in, come together all over uh-huh. the world from the hood to Japan. Yeah. It, as well, a pirate. That's great. Yeah. Let's not forget that they were pirates. Was it at least a Ricky's party and not a party city party? It was, it was like a Ricky. They were okay. good. That's fine. That's it fine. was good. Somebody recently was dressing up as Gwen Stefani dressed as a pirate what? for Halloween. I forget who it was, uh. but um, shout out to them, whoever they are. Love and <laughs> Gwen St- That album baby. was appropriation at its best. Oh, but yeah. anyway, let's not. But yeah, that it's song. It's so good. So the it, it, CNC Music Factory song was just, it was just something it was one of those songs that was played at every um at every family gathering it was a b-side on take a toke <laughs> so i had to buy that single in order to get this song yeah um, because it was before streaming and all that other bullshit so um i definitely had like marijuana paraphernalia thanks to the take a toke single because it's exactly it's about exactly what it sounds like that's crazy um so yeah that's yeah. The history with that one. And I think this is the first time we've played El General on the show. And I'm actually like, as I had that realization, I was like, what? Because like, I mean, El Gen- I grew up with El General. So uh-huh. it like, and I hadn't, I'd like, I've heard the song before, but I was like, I had no idea, A, that it was him or B, that it was CNC Music Factory. So mm-hmm. that's really, really cool. Thank you so much for bringing these songs in. Um, so obviously like Grizzly Kiki is not exclusively about drag, but it is very drag centric. I mean, yes. it's about, you yeah. know, talking to, to drag uh-huh. queens, um, getting them to tell their stories, you know, and being able to sort of like contextualize a little bit of queer history. I love like, you know, conversations that you had, like you mentioned before Coco Peru mm-hmm. or Lipsinka or Joey Arias or, um, 
Oh God, lesbian vampires from Sodom. Uh, oh Charles, Charles Bush. Bush. Like, yeah. Oh, you know, you're talking about the episodes that we literally did in like a month, and those like are, these were incredible. It was incredible because these the. The the good the the I'm not even calling them the golden oldies, but they were like <laughs> we had like two months where it was like legends where like we interviewed one, and then we were told about you know and then right. we just got access and so it was like we had all of these queens and artists like back to back to back to back to back and it was kind of like overload because the yeses came in like yeah. boom 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 it was like it was like our freak out like two months where we were like <gasps> I mean oh once God. you get one like they'll put, they'll I, I put in a reference and I think Bunny was the last one yeah who like pranced down the street in a lady bunny <laughs> shirt because I don't think she knew that we knew what she looked like out of drag work well i mean but like even someone like bianca del rio everybody associates her so directly to drag race yeah. and it's just like she was doing this for 20 years beforehand yeah. and like you know like i like i like to be like i'm fucking cool i got to see her on mondays mm. at the ritz when she yeah. would like perform for 10 people or do you remember she would come and judge our lady of saliva like Some, just like walk Randall, in yeah. and be like hey like you're judging i was gonna do it for free mm-hmm. you know like, yeah so, okay <laughs> um but yeah, like so, like I love what you guys are doing, which is like you know, there's this like drag race wall that I feel, you know, everybody just like stops at, like nothing, nothing ever happens before that, and it's like, excuse me, yeah, and that's sad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I was asking you guys, like, you know, when when we were talking about the playlist, I was like, I was surprised that there was no drag queen mm-hmm. music uh, in here, like no, and and I feel like that within itself is a category, but to just broaden it a little bit, there's no drag queens singing. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that deliberate or was that accidental? Uh, on my end, like I, we talked about it for like two minutes and then I was like, yeah, no, mm. because the thing is that it's like, and, and not that there's not good, like there are, is not good music being made by drag queens. Cause there is music that is like drag. For example, RuPaul is drag music and Ooh. it will never be anything more than that. But, um, wow. except for supermodel. Yeah, that transcended. Okay, fine. Yes, that. But but she doesn't even own the rights to that anymore. So Ooh, I didn't know that. Um, uh, no, yeah, she, she hasn't. She doesn't. Own the she doesn't own the rights time. to anything Exclusive. she did in the beginning. <laughs> That's why she has to make these directed DVD albums now. Um, <laughs> and she and she had to have. <laughs> Willem had to re-record Supermodel. They had to use it. They used it in something, and Willem yeah, had to re-record they it for her. Yeah, she doesn't own the rights. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, um, on my part, I was like. No, let's pick like you know artists that have just done different things. I don't know. I just wanted to stay away from drag for this. I think that's why. Um, mainly because in in the podcast itself, we've gone through like a an adolescence. I think lately where we kind of ran out of people that we wanted to interview because mm. that's how it works with us. We we reach out. It's, you know, and it's not like we're being picky or, you know, any of that, like, uh, you know, um, elitist or anything like that. It's just like, if we don't have a connection to the person that we're interviewing, then why on earth are we doing the interview? Right. You know, like, just, it makes sense, I think. And so we went about a couple of months where we just didn't do interviews. And we realized that people who were listening and also ourselves really enjoyed kind of sharing our own perspectives. And mm-hmm. so I didn't want to bring Dragon to, into this part you know like there are drag adjacent songs obviously of you course, know of course because they are but they're more like queer adjacent so yeah. anyway that was that's my very long-winded explanation no no that. but i completely <laughs> understand that and it's just like this idea of sort of like also like a there's the thing that we do but also not wanting to be typecast yes absolutely. and also like you don't want to 
be desperate. You don't just want right. to interview any like rando. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I loved this idea of sort of like this sort of like queer history mm-hmm. through the eyes and, and well, and mouth of these Queens. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I love that. Like, you know, uh, Robert meant earlier, you mentioned like you wanted to interview the Botota, La Botota. So I feel like international stuff could be great. Like, I know that you've interviewed a few Queens from England. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, there's drag race, Thailand. You could talk to those girls. There's yeah. like, you know, La Mas Draga. I mean, La Prohibida in Spain, you know, like, I, mm-hmm. and also like, you know, other, people that are influential to like queer culture like I mean this is a maybe a good point to like sort of branch out yeah. and like just yeah. more, like John Waters like if you guys talk to John Waters I would like shit myself be in the middle of the living room I would we shit myself then, first and we'd have clean to up really <laughs> like play uh, we'd have to work ourselves up to that one that yeah. would be a like well, a but I feel like he wouldn't say no and so oh, like, probably not it's, it's not about him saying no as you know uh, we've we've gotten access to a lot of people who we look up to right. and I mean the, the one that comes to mind because it was the most intimidating is Jackie Beat mm-hmm. and it wasn't intimidating because of anything she did we just couldn't get past the the magnitude of her legacy while we were interviewing her yeah. we couldn't get out yeah, of our really uh, out of our head when we were talking to her um so i fear now whenever we whenever there's a possibility you know at one point we were talking to someone who was going to try and help us get um bruce valanche and wow that would be amazing i would die right I would live and, and die right and so i think part of the reason why we didn't pursue that as much as we should have is out of fear yeah. You know, you have this you have this comedic genius in front of you and it's like, well, what why does he care about me? You know what I mean? It, there's there's some of that still there and so we have to work on that essentially and I think he was before we to make it to it. John we Waters. Ju- we just had to like drive up I think to Long Island right. or that something. Right. That was it was Connecticut. And we were um, like, well, <laughs> we were like, yeah, but then we're like, Ugh, how do we uh, uh, you know, so it kind of gets um not even starstruck. I think it's a. Uh, it's kind of out of respect more sure, than anything. Sure. It's like, you know, we have to like approach things in a very specific way with everybody that we interview, and we're very um, picky yeah. about how we do it because you know it's um, when somebody's sharing their time with you, and more importantly, their story. Yeah, like that's not something to be flippant or play with. I think, you know, and and for example, like Jiggly Caliente is a very good friend of ours and kind of just by happenstance was like, I want to come out as trans, you know, officially on your show. And between the two, we literally had no idea what the hell we were going to do. That was another, that was another moment where we were like, what are, why does she want to do that on our show? Yeah, And we were like, (gasps) we don't have the tools. Yeah. We don't have the tools to help her tell her story the way that it should be told. And then it kind of just worked out to be fine, but like, but well, in we a way were, people are listening and I feel like that's right. the point. It's right. just yeah. like, are people going to listen to me tell my story? And yeah. Right. That's what but you, yeah. And, and it's a matter of just making the person like we always try and make everybody as comfortable as possible and yeah. as, uh, respected, yeah. you know, because as we know, drag queens are, you know, they're on TV now and there's this huge drag bubble and in industry right now, yeah. but they're still, Disrespected, yes, on a nightly vase, basis, on a nightly basis, and um, then we put flowers in them. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, you know, just recently, you know, Honey Davenport walked off the stage yes. at the Monster because they were doing some racist bullshit. Yep. And it's like, well, you're like, bo- 
bar, gay bars are closing at a, a higher rate than ever before right now. And it's like, if, if you continue to be exclusionary and you know, all that other stuff, it's like, you're going to lose more. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we try and create a space that's like respectful and safe for the person that we're uh, asking to divulge their secrets right. to us. That's about. amazing. So, yeah. And some of our friends continue to work there. Oh, Wow. 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 <laughs> um, thank you, Wine. Anyway, um, so uh, so let's let's move forward. Or Sorry, we could, or, we could, or we could look back at Ari Kiki. Look back at it. Shout out. Oh, she yeah. wanna cheer? Ooh, she's uh, she's toasting to us. Um, a recent guest, <laughs> Ari Kiki of the Shade Parade. Go subscribe. Five stars only. Make sure y'all are leaving nasty comments like Spotify is hateful and you know, like other things that are relevant to the Shade Parade. Um <laughs> So, uh, anyway, so we are going to uh, move forward with this playlist because the pernil is starting to smell real fucking good. Um, and uh, we have a block of, of a Miami, a Miami <laughs> Legion coming at us. Um, so we have um, two totally not the same artist uh, songs. Uh, one is by Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. And then one is just Gloria Stefan, Sans Machine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sin Machina. <laughs> Ex Ex machina. Machina. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, Stefan ex machina. If you're not work. counting the pole in her back. Ah, <laughs> oh, pobrecita. I know. Never forget. Wow. She survived her Frida Kahlo moment. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> without without the self portraits, right? Um. So this is obviously you, Daniel, because yes. you're Caribeña. Yes. Um. So let's intro conga. Okay. So conga, which I. She comes and goes yeah. in my life because okay. I remember her. But the reason I love this song so much is that I have two aunts, my uh, my father's sisters, who were like my not not play aunts like they were fake aunts, but uh-huh. like they were they were young enough when I was born that it was like, oh my god, we get to play with. Oh, him. you were like relatively the same age. N- no, they well, were just close. like. No, 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 not close. Oh. But they were like in their twenties. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Hip. Like, yeah, one was a teenager when I was born, Got so it was it. like the little like baby, right? Like to play with. So like I would go and stay with them on weekends when I was like a little kid and we'd go out and all that. And they were like, they'd go to clubs and they would, you know, they were like party girls. Yeah. And I remember one year they took a vacation to Miami and came back with this videotape. And this videotape was of them. You know, you could go to malls and like film a music video against the green screen back then. Okay. Yes. Yes. They did one to um to conga okay and it was them in my 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 aunt diana who's like four foot eleven who at the time had this like fly girl haircut you know like high in the back low in the front and my other aunt judy who had like the high frizzy ponytail Uh in their like club gear okay like lip syncing and dancing really awkwardly to the conga like levitating in midair and the videotape still exists, and every time you, you know, somebody new is brought over, they have to watch this video. That's, and so, that's so bad, it's bad. That's why this was so present in my life, and it's something that we made fun of them for work for years. But that's, like, it's just it's very special to me, because it's my two aunts who are like... Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, at times parts of their bodies disappear because you know it's like <laughs> green screen. It's green screen. Suddenly you're an amputee, dude. Exactly. Um, and if I remember correctly, at one point one of them has a conga. 
work. I, I think, if or, or some. From what I remember know. of my viewing of the video, um, they had instruments. Yeah, plastic instruments. Of course. Ooh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Brightly yeah. colored ones. So that's. Well, we're going to yeah. listen to that now. Again, this is Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. This track is called Conga, and we'll be right back with more Chrissy Kiki.
time for Hoochie Coochie. Time for Hoochie Coochie. Coochie Coochie And the second song we just heard uh, was um, Gloria Stefan, and the track is called Hotel Nacional. And I almost wanted to say Hotel California because I've not totally not been drinking wine. Um, but uh, we, um, but yeah, again, Daniel. So this is two Gloria Stefan tracks <laughs> back to back. Um, I'm sure she there's a, whole, a good reason she has here. A little pocket in my heart. Um, so I really, I picked this song because it's, well, it's, it's Latin, uh-huh. you know, and it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's off of her most recent, no, 
No, well, it came no, out it's from while. it's from an it's from an album called Miss Little Havana from 2011. Is it that old? Wait, is that where oh. Weppa's from? Yes, it's from yep. Weppa. Yes, work. Um, but I like this song mainly because of the visuals that are like attached with it. Because the song itself is like it it is it's just a song, right? Mm-hmm. But the music video is essentially her playing Rocky Horror. Huh. Like, well, not Rocky Horror, sorry. Her playing Frankenfurter. Oh, okay. And she is, like, in, in charge of this hotel, Nacional, where she has a Brad and Janet character show up. And it's, oh, yeah. I've seen this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh-huh. so it's, like, a whole thing. And I'm like, when did Gloria Stefan get so campy and so gay in her visuals? Because I don't think that she has, you know, at least the Gloria Stefan I know has not always been so gay and queer in her visuals. Like, you know, with the Rocky Horror references and all of that. And then there's a drag queen that is, I think, playing somebody else in it. And for a long time, we were like, oh, that's Alexis Mateo. But it wasn't. It's it's April Carrion, Work, who's stop. the drag queen in the mirror. And I just really like this because there you have, like, little Gloria Stefan and, you know, like, the heels that she always wears in this, like, type black dress, basically singing to this crowd of, like... Um, you know, uh, uh, Transylvanians, you know, and, and it was just a very, uh, compelling visual for me. And that's essentially, I mean, it's as simple as that. I just really appreciate how, how gay that music video is. And it's not just Rocky horror picture show. It's a marriage of like Rocky horror cabaret. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It's it's a little bit of the bird cage. mm -hmm. Um, I'm I'm forgetting some of the other there's references, a lot. but there are a lot of queer references in the music video for this song. So it's yeah. essentially shares Dancing Queen in one music video. <laughs> yeah, no! yeah. It's a callback. It's a TVT. No. Yeah, it's just and again, it's it's not the most like. Uh, I mean, she, there's like you know she says hoochie coochie in it, and it's just like I, I can't take it seriously. Like you're not supposed to. I don't right. think you are exactly. But it's um it's just fun. But you have to watch the music video. Like it, it's a. Uh, you can't just listen to the song. It's one of those things because it makes more sense with the music video, I think. You know, I really love that this episode has had kind of a theme of transformation. <laughs> Transformations with Richard Villegas. Um, <laughs> but, um, welcome to your face. Ah, welcome to your sound. <laughs> um, but um, so, yeah. And, and before we go, you two, both of you are also Transformers, uh, men in disguise. And because um, you, you both do drag, yes. uh, you know, on and off, you know, it's not, not like... Three times a year. Yeah, exactly. Not all the time. Like, it's not, you don't have seven gigs a week, no. but... Um, but right. you know, do we tell have us, no kicks a week. Obviously, like you know, we talked a little bit about like the things that attract you to drag. You know, mm-hmm. just like again, the the spirit of transformation and sort of like knowing where these characters and these glamazons come from. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to know a little bit about like your uh, experience, your own personal experiences in drag. Like what what draws you to that? And um, yeah, I mean, let's start from there. Well, okay, I'll start. Um, so like it literally it all rose lead back to my mother because that's just the type of person okay. that I am and uh, like I said earlier my mother was very much into being like glamorous and done up and you know always looking a certain way um, and she also was the person who exposed me to drag you mm-hmm. know like growing up she would go to um, these uh, drag queen uh, cabaret acts that would come in from Puerto Rico to Spanish Harlem once a year at the local theater. Um, so she grew up with a love of drag as well. And so, you know, from an early age, I was watching things like Rocky Horror and Priscilla Queen of the Desert and Tu Wong Fu and knowing 
what exactly a drag queen was, what drag was, and, you know, all the different incarnations of it, because she, again, was just like, this is useful knowledge to have, right. you know? Um, and then she passed away. And, and then I met Robert, and kind of through his love of drag, I came to it from a different perspective, and kind of did drag, do, do drag as a way to keep her alive? Because, like, Betty Washburn is my mother if she were still alive, but... Right like heightened, you know? So everything that I would kind of like want to throw at my mother to have her put on, if there was something that she was wearing that I didn't like, I would put on (laughs) in drag, if that makes any logical sense at all. So it is kind of like more mature, sometimes old lady, I've been told. And, um, I mean, you've said so yourself. I have said so. Yeah. And it's It's always like, yeah, you know, there's always like a string of pearls somewhere, um, a sensible heel, but not always terribly sensible, you know? And so, so that's kind of my perspective on it. And I do it more as like a, like arts and crafts type of thing. Cause it gives me a chance to experiment with different crafts and not not so much performing because I tend to fall a lot so that's not something I enjoy um shout out to Stonewall I still remember that yeah (laughs) there's a video um and then and then transitioning over to Robert I'm curious where does Mary Kona come from (laughs) um well she is basically the I guess you'd say like the sexy superhero version of me work in my brain um She's very much influenced by the tackiness of New Jersey, which is where I grew up. Um, And uh, just like, I guess it's like uh, this idea of um, the the regular person, like your regular everyday person trying out like beauty trends. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's so correct. That's pretty accurate. That's kind of what, um, sort of what she's morphed into is that I I always want to try, like when I found out about Jamsu, which is a way of setting your makeup using ice cold water, um, I was like, I want to try that. Um, And I did. Huh? And she made us How all try. There is a YouTube video where you can see what it turned out like no. on uh, on the two of us and our dear friend Jiggly Caliente. Um, but it actually, it, it, I just thought it was interesting. And then you know, like for a very long time, I wanted to perfect the ombre brow because it was mm-hmm. just like you know, it's just these things that um, you know they're they're sort of like puzzle pieces, but not from the same puzzle. Right. Um, and so, my, I mean, my drag is very much inspired by Divine. I'm obsessed right. with her silhouette from Pink Flamingos and the red I've dress. I've had to make three dresses. Daniel has a pattern for that dress, and he can make it in any fabric I want, and that's usually what I end up wearing because it's what I fucking love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where the inspiration comes from for that. It's not really... I wouldn't say that my drag persona is based on any feminine person in my life. Um, I, I, Yeah, it's just... It's, it's what... I would consider being a woman based on being a man, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Yeah. Um, we are <laughs> really, we're at the edge of the end of the show here. And um, before we go, I had one final question for you all. Um, uh, again, obviously, Grizzly Kiki focuses on on drag, but it's not just like the Yas Queen like type of content. It's more like you know telling stories and like trying to figure out like where things come from, where things go. Um, and I was curious. So you know, there's a there's a, a you know we ha- our audience comes from all over, but uh, you know I would I would I was gonna ask what would you recommend 
for fans out there that are fans of, let's say, drag race, but that considers themselves fans of drag, how would you, um, because obviously those two things are not the same thing, mm-hmm. what would you recommend uh, maybe to someone, like, obviously, like, go out and support your local girls or whatever, um, to, like, you know, self-proclaimed uh, fans of drag? Or, like, how would you make the difference between drag race and and just drag in general. Like, hmm. For, for some, for some people that may not be for that, whom uh, for whom that may not be as clear as to us. Um, uh, I mean, the, the easiest way to tell if you're a fan of drag or if you're a fan of drag race is if you can name at least one drag queen that has not been on the show. In your, and in I'm not your talking about one that's town. rumored to be on season yeah. 11. I'm talking about a queen that is working every night tirelessly mm-hmm. right. to, uh, to bring joy to people who have had a rough day and all this, like the stuff that drag queens <gasps> have done for us mm-hmm. and why we, why we have chosen to, you know, wow. to share their stories. One that you met in person way. and didn't start following on Instagram. One that, you know, like you're not interested in just because they talk about name brand makeup, like one that actually has a, I guess like a perspective that like you, en- you enjoy seeing them perform. That's right. very important. And that you go out and, and stretch your hand out with a dollar bill. Hello. And tip them with. Or a five, a 10 or a 20. Or a five, a, a 10, a 20. <laughs> like Ari Kiki, who performs at Stonewall quite often, or Lady Quesadilla, who happens to be in our, in our audience today, I was saying in our living room. Um, our live studio audience. Who we think has just Woo! come back from Brazil. Hello, Cleveland! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I think that's really it because it's like, y- you know, like Drag Race has created a lot of this. Uh, I, I think of it as like armchair culture. I don't know what you call it yeah. anymore now that there are computers, you know, yeah, but yeah. like um, this like cyber culture that it. Like, drag exists in a three-dimensional dark space. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. just exist, you know, with with uh, bright lights and commercials and merch and blah, 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 all that high, nonsense. High-definition cameras. Exactly. Definitely because you know what? Those. If you tip... If you tip the queen that you've <laughs> gone to see, that whole dollar goes directly to them. It literally, like, you are Like, investing. it literally yeah. goes... Do not buy them a drink. I mean, if you want to. Right. But like give them a cold, hard cash yeah. and clap and be respectful and don't stand in their fucking way when they're performing. Yes. And don't go on stage. Yes. And you are not working there. And let's add one more to that. Um, a lot of people will say, oh, I love to tip, but I never carry cash. Well, uh, thanks to technology, <laughs> most queens today are on Venmo. And it doesn't take much for you to figure out what their Venmo is. You could even just scream, hey, girl, what's your Venmo? I want to mm-hmm. tip you. You know, after, after and respectfully after they're done with yes. their number, obviously. And TBH, half the queens will let you know from the stage. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, and another thing. No touching. Oh, don't touch. Not a like hair, it, not the you, face, you, not you the... don't need to know how it all comes together. Yeah. If you're being entertained, yeah. that's all that matters. Don't pull, don't yank, don't squeeze. Don't go in for a hug unless you're invited. And don't like be snapping pictures with a flash right in front of their face unless you ask first. Awesome. Well, that's um, what I, I would like to have <laughs> a live example of this. We do have some living, breathing, breathing queen specimens, legends, uh, drag specimens <laughs> in the room. Tracks and I wanted specimens. to see if we. Oh my. Ah! 
And I wanted to see if we could maybe get them on mic to maybe like tell you guys where to find them. You know, might as well. I mean, this is the best part of the episode as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so first we're going to be joined by uh, Lady Quesadilla. Buenas noches, buenas noches, everybody. My name is Lady Quesadilla. You can find me on Instagram at Lady Quesadilla. I don't know. You just spell it like that. Lady Quesadilla. I'm the most popular out of all of those. Ah, um, out of all of the quesadillas. Out of all of the quesadillas. <laughs> no shade to my girl out in L.A. who is also there's a Lady Quesadilla. She's really fierce, Ooh. too. She's the one that sells Tupperware, so I'm actually gonna give her a shout out. But you sell Avon, so it's cool. It's cute. Right, it's right. She's really fierce. So I'm gonna give her her shout out too. <laughs> um, and you can catch me every first Saturday of the month uh, at a Latinx dance party called Yes Mama. And come on, everybody. Oh, and this um actually this winter I think I can say it now this winter I'm starting a winter film series uh, with Adam Baran and uh, some of our. Guest artists include uh, Sasha Velour, uh, Perfidia, Flotilla DeBarge, um, and just stay tuned for that. Amazing, amazing. Thank you. That's Lady Quesadilla. Yeah. Lady Quesadilla. Oh, my God. And, ah, or Dilla. Whatever you want to do. As long as, as long as y'all put it in your mouth, you're good. Um, and oh, now so we yummy. Have, <laughs> and now we are joined by Arikiki. Hi, you can catch me on the last episode of Song Mess, I believe. Yeah, <laughs> the most recent one. The penultimate. Penultimento. <laughs> um, Instagram, Arikiki underscore hot mess. Uh, if you happen to be in New York City, every first and third Saturday, currently at Phoenix Bar with a lot of McGriddles and Kashina Lovelace, every second Saturday at Stonewall, and every last Saturday at Boxes Washington Heights, my Venmo always is Arikiki. That's all you need to know. Fantastic. Um, Merchandise available on dragqueenmerch.com. Hi. Ah. Yes. Well, uh, we are Song Mess on everything. That's uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can always email us directly at songmessmusic at gmail.com. You can hear us. You can find and listen to this beautiful, phenomenal content uh, on uh, SoundCloud, uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, what are the other ones? Stitcher. <laughs> Stitcher, Google Play. Thank you so much. Or just Google as Loca. Um, and if you want to help support Songmess financially, uh, you can go on our little online store, songmess.threadless.com, and you can find all sorts of beautiful assorted swagger for your bodies or otherwise. Um, <laughs> now, um, before we say goodbye to Grizzly Kiki, I would like you guys to tell us where our listeners can listen to you. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, well, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything. It's, you know, all the social medias, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Uh, you can head over to grizzlykiki.com to listen to our, you know, archive of interviews with over 145 uh, queer artists and performers at Holy this point. crap. Um, we also had Richard on our show. Yeah, we had so Richard check out on that our episode. show. Oh, cool. uh, you can also find our interviews and other episodes with both Lady Quesadilla and Ari Kiki on there as well. Um, yeah, and we come out with episodes every Friday. Uh, and we also do uh, two episodes a week during Drag Race season that's, as well. So That's amazing. And, well, we have one final track to close out the show. Mm-hmm. This is Evie Queen. The song is called Que Yoren. Now, uh, Robert, tell us about this song. So I just talked about my drag persona and what she looks like. Um, so if you watch the video for Que Yoren, um, Evie Queen has on these extra long nails, which that's her thing. Like yeah. she just, she does these like, I don't know. I, they're, they're like probably half an inch or half a foot, like maybe almost a full foot. Um, but she's basically, so 
this song in particular is very special because not only does she look like what I imagine my drag persona to be in my brain, but she is also talking about how men should be crying. Like they have to cry. So, um, and how she wants to make them cry. And so that's all part of that. So, you know, enjoy. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, this is Song Mess, and we were just joined by Grizzly Kiki. Thank you so much to everybody involved, and thank you so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Ciao. Bye. se muere y eso no es verdad todos caen por amor caen por una caricia caerán por la pasión o caen por la codicia así es la vida siempre se ama lo que no se olvida